Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petrellis, and we are really excited today. We have an awesome coach on, and, and I got to tell you, this coach, I put that the episode was happening tonight, and, and my Twitter exploded with people with nothing but compliments, retweets, likes, everything you can imagine. I mean, everyone seems to know this coach and has great respect and admiration for this coach, so I'm super excited. Uh, just some of the accolades really quick before we jump into meeting our coach. Uh, 2011 and 2015, uh, GBL champs, Somerville High School. Uh, 2018-2019 NEC champs, again, at Somerville High School, was the 2011 D1 North Coach of the Year and 2019 D2 North Coach of the Year. Um, so obviously has coached some basketball for some time, the 13-year head coach at Somerville High School, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Antonelli. Thank you for having me here, Anthony. Um, this podcast is an unbelievable opportunity for um, high school coaches, and, and I see that you're getting college and professional coaches now um, to, you know, a great platform for us to uh, kind of spread the gospel a little bit about uh, our programs and also just about the coaching profession. And uh, I congratulate you uh, on a great start so far, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm excited to get you. You know, the more I researched about you and then, you know, talking to you on the phone, I was like, yes, this is everything I expected and more. So, so I was, I was super excited. Um, I didn't keep you on the phone too long there. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, so it's funny. I have to say when we started our conversation, you know, you're the third guest that this name Jim McCune pops up. Um, as in, in the basketball world, you know, I had on Jay Keen, he mentioned him, um, last week I had Dennis Ingram on, you know, he mentioned him. And now when I talk to you on the phone, I hear this name, Jim McCune. So after this interview, I need this guy's contact information. <laughs> I need to speak to him and get him on the show. This guy is like the Jedi master of, of, uh, high school basketball. I love it. But, uh, you know, you had mentioned your start into the coaching world, and I just think you have such a tremendous story to tell. So, you know, just let our audience know a little bit, you know, how did you get your start into the world of coaching high school basketball? Yeah, so um, I was at Salem State, um, and I did, wasn't playing basketball in college, um, and I had a, a, a friend of the family who um, I was talking with, and that was Larry Keating, who was the St. Clements um, coach right down the road. And uh, Larry and I talked and, you know, he said, you know, you love basketball, you want to get into coaching, you know, why don't you come and help us out this year? So I went down as a volunteer assistant. I was, uh, I think I was 19 years old. Uh, I was a sophomore at Salem State. And um, I worked with Larry and uh, Kevin Wright, who's his JV coach. I helped both teams out, volunteered that year. And, um, and Larry, his high school coach, uh, was Jim McCune at St. Clements. And so Larry kind of, uh, I, I met Jim through Larry um, and Larry kind of put me in touch with Jim. And that summer, um, Jim asked me to come up and work his, um, his Wilmington Wildcat basketball camp. He was the head coach at Wilmington High School at the time. And I went up there and I worked the camp and um, yeah, it was, I, I could actually remember a lot about that week. Um, Titus Manderson, who was, uh, who was the Fitchburg State uh, men's basketball coach, was a, was a coach at the camp that week. Uh, Greg Cardello, who was his college um, college roommate, I believe, and college teammate, was Jim McCune's uh, player at Wilmington, was a coach that week. And uh, Dave Fazio, actually, who was the Andover High um, boys basketball coach, legendary coach, was actually the guest lecturer that week. And uh, at the end of the week, um, you know, I was working. I thought I was just going up there to make a couple bucks as a young kid. And, um, you know, Jim uh, asked me, he's like, hey, you know, you want to go get a bite to eat, um, you know, a a on Friday after camp? So we did that. We went to the local 99, had a bite to eat. And he said, uh, well, this is actually was a job interview, Mark. 
and um, you know, I wanted to see you in person and, uh, and I really think that um, I have a job open for, for you and I really think that um, you'd be a great asset to our program. And so that's, uh, that was my introduction to high school, you know, full-time high school basketball. I went from just being a volunteer, going down to St. Clements and helping out, and um, Jim hired me as his freshman coach. So, uh, yeah. And uh, from there, I, uh, I worked under Jim. Um, I, he gave me a ton of responsibility as a young kid. I was, think I was 20 years old or, you know, uh, I turned 20 uh, just before the first season. And he had me going out, coaching the freshman team, running my practices, had me uh, on the court during his practices, um, sent me out to do all the scouting for our team. And, um, you know, I sat down with him and, and went over the scouting reports and gave him all the information on the other teams. And uh, basically he, uh, you know, started slowly but surely giving me um, some time during the varsity practices to implement the scouting report and go over the other team's sets and things like that. And, um, you know, uh, it, it was just a tremendous experience as a young guy who always knew he wanted to get into coaching um, to get my foot in the door. And we were a really good program at the time. And uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was an awesome experience. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing cooler than when you realize your varsity head coach is giving you more responsibility and beginning to trust you because you do as an assistant coach, you work really hard and you, you, I mean, you get not a lot of love sometimes, but yeah. you grind and do the small things. And when they start trusting you and seeing that you can be responsible and do that, um, it, it's a great feeling as an assistant coach that you have that responsibility and you feel that much more important and invested into the program. Yeah, um, and especially as a young coach, um, you know, being 19, 20 years old, 21 years old. Um, and, you know, at that time, you think you're, you know, you're, you're full of uh, swagger and, you, you know, you, you, you got all this energy and you're confident in yourself. And but now looking back as, a, you know, a 42 year old head coach uh, who's been at Somerville of 18 years, you know, 13 as the head coach, I realized I knew absolutely nothing. You know, I knew nothing. The only thing I had going for me was that I was young and I had a ton of energy. And Jim really believed um, in me as a young coach. And he, he, you know, over the years in our conversations, he always said that uh, coaching's a young man's game. Coaching's a young man's game. And, um, you know, uh, he took me under his wing and he really um, – I look at it now. I'm like, would I trust a 20 year old kid to like go out scout, you know, North Andover, our rival, <laughs> and come back with the scouting report, and uh, you know, and then take his word for it? There were a couple bumps in the road. I got a couple funny stories about that. I scouted Pentucket one time, and I went out there, and I came back, and I don't know the kid's name, but you know, let's call him number three. And I said, oh, number three can't shoot. Leave him wide open. You know, this and that. You can sag off of him. Training and he had, him. Yeah, you know, he had eight threes <laughs> in the game, and I happened to be on the bench. I so. The away games, I would go and scout, and the home games, I sat on the bench. And I was sitting on the bench when my scouting report was burning, you know, going down in flames in front of my eyes. And if you know Jim McCune, he's got a legendary scowl, and uh, he just kept looking over at me and looking over at me. And, um, you know, but that was a learning experience, you know. And then I realized if a guy's taking 10 to 11 shot, three-point shots in a game just because he's missing them, most likely, and the coach isn't taking him out of the game, most likely he's a shooter, you know. So that was a learning experience right there as a 20-year-old kid. But, um, yeah, so, um, you know, I had a great time at Wilmington. Um, we had really good teams. We had, uh, you know, Dennis Ingram was a senior my first year there. Um, I was only, like, two years older than Dennis at the time. So uh, we struck up a friendship, a coach-player uh, friendship. But then Dennis started coming back into the gym, you know, uh, his freshman year in college. 
and um, you know, and so on and so on. So uh, you know, I made great made great friends. Jay Keen was actually the guy that I replaced as the freshman coach. His uh, kids were, you know, he had two kids at the time. Uh, they were starting different things, and for whatever reasons, with his job, he had um, you know told Jim that he was going to step down for for a few years, and that's how I got in there. So it's kind of a you know, in sexual circle, but, um, you know, uh, we all have ties to Somerville and, uh, you know, that's kind of all, all roads lead back to Somerville, I guess, you know? Yeah. It was just cool. Like, you know, I just reaching out to you guys and I never really made the connections. Like even when we were talking on the phone and, you know, and I'm listening to your story and then I listened to Dennis's last week and didn't know that you guys were connected. I'm like, Oh wow. He went, he, Dennis went here with him. Dennis went here with him. And so, you know, it was cool kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together. But uh, when we talked on the phone, I thought you had a great story about Jim. And, and again, I don't know him personally, <laughs> but again, I, I make that, I make that, you know, Jedi reference because yeah. uh, you, you mentioned about how you kind of got your first head coaching job. And, yeah. and, you know, I want you to share with the audience with that a little bit, just to kind of give the, the idea of the, the guy that you're talking about a little bit so your audience can, can relate to him. Well, Jim, um, as the head coach at Wilmington High School, he was also coaching. He was coaching his team extremely hard. He had great players, um, but he was also coaching me at the same time. And uh, we would constantly um, have conversations and dinners and things like that. Um, and he just constantly kept putting it into my head that um, you need to do this. You know, you know, you got to get your teaching degree because you're going to be a head coach someday. Uh, you know, you got to learn how to scout because you're going to be a head coach someday. You know, you sh- you, you know, and, and it's so all these little lessons. Um, you know, it was always hammered in that you know his belief in me and my abilities. Um, that he knew I was going to be a head coach someday. And I really wanted to be a head coach and he knew that. And um, so uh, after my third year there, uh, we had our breakup dinner and, you know, uh, we did all that, all those things with the, with the kids and you're wrapping up and, you know, it's starting, you know, you have that little lull in April and May between what the regular season and then you get to your summer season, you know, and the summer leagues are starting to gear up and what kids are going to go to summer camps and things like that. Well, I got a call from Jim one day and Jim said, Hey, Hey Mark, um, the uh, St. Clemens coach, uh, now it wasn't Larry Keating at the time, Larry had left and came up to Wilmington to coach with us. And he, when he left, uh, there was another coach. Um, and, you know, they had some hard times those couple of years went between Larry um, and, uh, after Larry left. And, um, you know, they, were, they weren't winning many games. And, you know, it was just a really tough situation. And uh, Jim called me and he said, St. Clemens coach uh, stepped down and they're opening the job and um, you're going to take it. And I was like, what do you mean I'm going to take it? I was like, this is news to me. Um, And at the time you had to understand, you know, I'd been there for three years. I started to put my footprint as a, as a, as a loyal assistant to Jim at Wilmington. We were going to be really, really good that year. Um, We had Eric Swazinski uh, who ended up being a all scholastic and in a thousand point scorer. And he went to St. Michael's on a scholarship. Uh, We had a gentleman by the name of Craig Osgood. He was a sophomore or junior guard at the time phenomenal player and that team actually ended up having one of Jim's biggest wins um, going down the line they ended up beating a really strong North Cambridge Catholic team um, in a semifinal game to go to and they went to the Songus Arena for the uh, Division 3 North so I knew all this was coming because I was really involved in the program and you know I was scouting these kids a lot of these kids played freshman for me and I wanted to be there for the ride I knew that we were starting again we were going to have a, a really good team and I, you know, I kind of laughed it off. I go, I'm not taking the St. Clemens job. You know, why would I take that job? I, I want to be with you, you know, this and that. Uh, that job, you know, they haven't won a game in a year or two or whatever it was. And uh, he said, you're going to be a varsity coach someday and you need, you need your varsity experience. He goes, 
and you, you got to take this job. He goes, cause this is going to put you on your path. And, um, you know, we kind of, I laughed it off. No, Jimmy, I'm not doing it. Well, then he finally just got really stern with me, you know? Um, and he said, uh, he goes, you're taking the job. He goes, I already talked to the athletic director. He goes, you have an interview for, you know, you just got to call him and make the interview. He goes, you're taking the job because you don't have a job here anymore. And he, and he, and he, and, he, and I said, what? And he hung up the phone on me. And, um, you know, I called him back and he said, I told you, you're going to call the guy and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to take this job. This is, this is your job. You need to get your varsity experience. He goes, end of story. He goes, and you don't have a job anymore. Ari hired Jay Keen back and he's coming back to be my freshman coach. And he hung up the phone. And so, you know, uh, a day went by or whatever. And I called him up and I was like, Jimmy, what are you doing? You know? And, uh, and he said, Mark, listen, he goes, I know you're going to be a head coach. He goes, and in order to be a head coach, you've got to have varsity experience on that resume. Because if you get into a room and you go interview for a job, he goes, and there's somebody with varsity experience, he goes, they already have the upper hand on you. He goes, this is the, the, the job to go, go for. He goes, there's no expectations. He goes, you're starting from the ground level and, you know, you got a chance to build something. And so uh, I thought about it and, you know, I trusted him, you know, it, you know, like an older brother. Uh, if I, I was going to say like a dad, but you know, if I, if he watches this, he'd be really mad at me. So <laughs> definitely like an older brother. And, um, and so I trusted him and uh, I thought about it and I said, you know what? All right, let's, let's do it. And I was, you know, it, it's kind of a scary thing. I'm 22 years old and I'm going to go, uh, you know, sit down and talk to this guy about taking his basketball program over and, you know, and, and here we go. And, yeah, um, so. and I think that's what got me the most coach was you were 22 years old. I mean, I think about myself as a freshman <laughs> high school football coach at 22 and I knew absolutely nothing. So yeah. well, you know, I didn't know anything either. I found that out. Years <laughs> later. <laughs> well, I, I, I tend to disagree a little bit. So, you know, let's talk about, so you get the job at St. Clemens, right? Yeah. And, you know, now just to give the audience an idea, you took over an Owen 16 program. Actually, when you say the name Larry Keating, that I, that's my next door neighbor. Yeah, growing up my entire life, actually, yeah. that, that like, it took me a second to connect it. But um, but as you're saying it, yeah, and he's a great guy. That's, that's so funny. Small world. Yeah. So, Larry, yeah, Larry's a great mentor of mine. Also a great friend of mine still. Um, yeah. So Larry had, um, you know, he, 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 he had done his time at St. Clemens. He was a loyal assistant um, uh, under Jimmy's loyal assistant, Joe Brisboy. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, the line just keeps going and it was Larry's turn and Larry did it for about eight, eight years or so. And, uh, you know, he had kids and, and he, you know, and, and it was, it's a tough situation when you're at a small school. Um, you were at Arlington Catholic, you know, uh, you, you're doing everything. You're, you're finding people to do the clock. You got to do the scoreboard. You know, oh, yeah. you, you know, if you got a concession stand, it's probably someone in your family doing the concession stand. It's, it's a really mom and pop situation, you know, and, yeah. and high school athletics is a lot like this, but this is at a, at a, at a you know, you're, you're pretty much doing everything. I mean, yeah, we yeah. didn't have an athletic trainer the two years I was there. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, so we took over a program. Um, they hadn't won a game that year. They were 0-20, I believe. And I think the year before that, they were like 1-19. Um, and, um, you know, there was some, some issues there, um, you know, not to get into, you know, other people's dirty laundry or whatever, but there was some issues there. There was some culture changes that need to be, you know, there was some infighting within the kids on the team and, um, and they just, it, 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 they just weren't winning. And, um, you know, and when you're winning, a lot of those problems go away, you know, the jealousy and things like that. And when you're losing a lot of games and you're getting in, you're getting pounded, um, you know, things like that, those, those fractures start to show more. Oh, so uh, we came in and um, 
we try to instill a discipline in our players. You know, uh, we talked right away about how we were going to conduct ourselves. Um, you know, what our effort was going to be every day when we stepped between the lines in practice. Um, you know, the kids were pretty disciplined as um, students because, you know, it was private school and, you know, you're paying to go to school there. So, you know, you, you, you're usually giving a great effort there. So we didn't really have to worry about them um, in the classroom as much, but it was more um, just trying to, to break that losing mentality. And um, the first year, um, we had some pretty good wins. We, uh, we only won five games. We were five and 13. Um, and, you know, uh, we, we scheduled some non-league games that we thought we could compete in. We lost some close ones. Uh, we weren't any, anywhere close to going 500 or making the tournament that year. But you could see things starting to shift. A couple of junior players were really, really um, improved that year. By the end of the year, there were, you know, kids were, who were getting eight points in, in the first month of the season. Now they're getting 16 to 18 points. And you, see, you saw that we had some building blocks. We had some nice younger players. And, and it's uh, also you, right? Like you're a young kid navigating a season and developing players is so important. So that's, you know, that's a tip of the cap to you for really developing your program and being like, yeah, five and, you know, whatever, 12, five and 13, maybe not what we wanted however in retrospect we've now developed depth we've kind of just declared that we have some kids here who are pretty good and we yeah. have something positive to build off of maybe you could have won seven or eight games a couple of those close ones if they went the other way so you know yeah. that's a great build and how did that lead into your year two because i know you had a lot yeah. more success there yeah so year two um a couple of things happened um you know in, in the energy in the building you could just feel it like you know the kids were working harder um you know and i was pretty, as you can think of, uh, pretty hot-headed as, as a young coach at that time. And, and, and not, not that I thought I knew everything, but I was, uh, it was going to be my way or the highway. And I wasn't afraid to, you know, at that time, you know. Um, and we could see the energy in the building and within the program starting to change. And the games were getting closer. And, you know, we were competing. You know, North Cambridge Catholic was a team that would beat us by, you know, 40, 50 points every year. Yeah, we might have been losing by 40 points, but we're still taking charges in the last two minutes of the game. And, you know, we're diving for the floor and kids are whacking their heads on the floor. And it was starting, you could just feel it. And so the second year, uh, we were able to um, have a freshman come in and his brothers were going to be seniors. Uh, they were twins um, and uh, the Andre brothers. And, um, and their, their younger brother, uh, Heman Andre, was uh, deciding between going to school at Arlington Catholic with his brothers or, or going and playing at Malden Catholic, uh, which, you know, at that time was probably a better program. And, you know, I just told the parents, I said, hey, you know, it's really special to have, be able to have, you know, your three boys playing and going to school, the same school at the same time and playing varsity basketball and most likely probably being a starting lineup because he was about six two, six three as a, as a uh, freshman. And that's cool. And, I mean, that's yeah, cool. I mean, you don't, you know, I mean, how many places do you see that, you know? Um, yeah. So uh, we were able to, uh, to, to, to get Heeman to come to St. Clements and stay with us. Um, and, um, you know, we did some creative scheduling. We got a lot of games on our non-league schedule um, that we thought we could compete in in 50-50 games. And as a coach, you know, as yourself, when you're looking at those non-league games, all is I want to, I want to have a chance. You know, give me a 50-50 game any day of the week. Uh, you know, I want to compete. I don't want layups. I don't want cupcakes. And when you're a team that's 5-13, and 13, there aren't going to be many cupcakes anyway. So, um, you know, we went and found, found, some, found some games. And um, – things just started clicking and we were playing very hard and um, you know, we went 12 and six that year. 
Uh, we had a state tournament game um, that they would, the state MIA wouldn't let us host at St. Clemens. Uh, they said our gym was too small, which would have been a huge advantage um, in this game because we beat the team the last game of the year. But uh, they made us play at our neutral site. So we said, you know what? If we're going to play at a neutral site, let's go play at the best neutral site we can. We got Cousins Gym uh, at Tufts <laughs> University. Yeah, and cool. our team was built for that small gym at St. Clemens. And, you know, we had some bigger kids that weren't really you know, that agile. And we played some zones that took up a lot of space. We were long. And we said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go to Cousins Gym. We're going to play in one of the best gyms in the state. And we're going to pack the place. And we packed the place. The place was bananas. And we scored the uh, first seven points of the game. Uh, again, a lesson I learned. Uh, I was doing the uh, Jim Valvano dance down the sideline, pumping my fist. Heem and Andre ended up dunking the ball for a three-point play to go up 7 nothing. And I turned around to my bench and I said, we got these guys. We got these guys. Well, we were down 25 at halftime and we ended up losing by 35 points. But, oh, uh, wow. you know, but, um, you know, you could see things. Uh, it, it was a big turnaround. And, and we had a ton of alumni. I think it was the first time the school had made the state tournament in like 11 years since like 1990 or something like that um so it was a pretty big deal we got a ton of alumni out there we had a ton of support from the school um you know i wasn't a st clemens kid but my wife went to st clemens so you know it was that uh, tie to it also um so yeah so things were turning around um and looking good at that point and that's great and you do that at a young age and you're developing as a coach too so you're watching your program develop you're watching yourself develop and you're starting to see that success. And whenever you're a young guy in it and you're having success, it becomes your obsession, you know, because now you want to keep getting better and better and better. Oh, and I mean, I, I, was, um, I was still finishing up uh, my degree at Salem State. And um, I used to eat the same breakfast place every morning before, um, before uh, game, on game days. I would go to Andy's on, on Mass Ave and I would have the same meal. It was, it was crazy. I, I, I was doing everything the same. Um, you know, I thought it was me. that there was, there was a reason why we were turning this around and I quickly found out you know through experience that you know it's it, it's about the kids the kids were put in the they, they changed the, the the culture of the program you know I just guided wow so you were you were finishing up your degree while you were a head coach at that wow that's I mean coach <laughs> yeah. that's pretty impressive though yeah. <laughs> so I, I listen I got my master's for two years being a coordinator and, and trying to balance that with teaching it's tough so being a head coach that's that's next level from that. Yeah, I had some good, uh, good, good uh, conversations in class uh, at Salem State when I was doing my phys ed degree. Uh, you know, well, what are you doing? You know, and I was like, oh, I got a state tournament game tonight. And they're like, what? You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I coach varsity basketball. They're like, they're looking at me like I got 10 heads. They probably thought I was, you know, full of baloney. So, no, and, and yeah. it's great. And, and this is where, like, so now getting to talk to you a little bit off the air when we did our pre phone, this is where your story, I think, is like, it's incredible. Like, and not that anything wasn't before that but you know this is i th i think this is like why coaches like coaches should listen to you and and what what, what we're about to talk about because i think it's an awesome journey for sure so here you are you build your program you got success year two you made a state tournament like the buzz is in the school and then you know an opportunity pops up but not an opportunity that a lot of coaches i think would necessarily consider doing so i'm going to give you a little bit of an opportunity to kind of talk about um you know what happened after your second year at st clemens and and the opportunity you decided to go with yeah so um 
Uh, yeah, and, and at that time, St. Clemens, uh, uh, just to tie it back into your last episode, Dennis Ingram was, was uh, my assistant coach at the time. So I, call, I, I asked him, um, I called him up, said, what are you doing? He wasn't playing. I said, I think you're kind of like what Jim was doing with me. You know, I think you're going to be a really good coach. You know, I think you got it in you. And um, I brought him along with me. He did our JVs, and he was helping me uh, with the varsity. So it kind of brings it all, all together. And, and he's part of the next story, too. So what ended up happening was um, in the fall of that, year I want to say it was probably around September October uh, my high school coach um, Rich Malillo at Somerville High School uh, who he had been there for 20 years or something like that since the mid 80s and he stepped down abruptly and um, I kind of knew that there was already a predecessor in place um, he had an eighth grade coach at the time uh, by the name of Paul Garrity and Paul's son was a terrific basketball player and he was going to be a freshman the next year. Uh, he was a freshman going in that year. Um, so it was kind of a, a foregone conclusion that, um, you know, Paul Garrity, uh, who was a state champion coach at Salem high school, he's coached Scooney Penn, who was one, was one of the best MIA players of the nineties. Um, and it was kind of a foregone conclusion that, uh, that if, if, if coach Malillo stepped down, at some point that uh, they would probably look at Paul because he was coaching in the youth program um, as a replacement because uh, Coach Malillo's uh, assistants weren't really interested in succeeding him at the time. So um, at this time, um, he steps down and I get uh, a phone call and it's Jim McCune again. And, you know, Jim and I are still, he was coming to my St. Clemens games on his off nights and cheering me on because he lived right down the road. And um, he said, uh, you know, I think you should um, apply for the uh, Somerville job. And I said, you know, Jim, come on. I was like, I know Paul's the guy. I know Paul. He's a great guy. He's been coaching in the travel program. Um, you know, it's been kind of known for a while that if, if, if Richie steps down, then, uh, you know, that they'll probably look at Paul, you know, and Paul's son's going to be a freshman. And, you know, again, Jim, you know, and in, in his way of, uh, you know, abruptly just telling me how it is, um, he just said, um, well, if you want to be a varsity coach someday, you got to learn how to interview like a varsity coach. And I said, well, I'm going to interview for a job that I know I'm not going to get. He goes, exactly. He goes, he goes, how do you know you're not going to get it? He said, you know, but you need the experience. You need the work experience. And, um, you know, some of the, the, the life lessons I learned from Coach McCune, um, you know, I carry them to this day. If you think about it, like, you know, how do you, how do you know how to interview for a job if you've never done it? You know, we've all interviewed for jobs and you've gone in there and you're like, you walk out and you're like, what happened? You know, it's just like, it was like a blur. And, um, you know, if you haven't practiced those skills and as coaches, we ask our players to practice certain skills every single day and in the off season and, you know, and, and, you know, work on your craft. And um, this was an opportunity for me to, as a young person to, uh, you know, not just as a basketball coach, but also um, to, you know, some be a professional educator uh, to work on my craft of learning how to interview for jobs. So Jim convinced me to do it. I talked to Coach Malillo. He said, I think you really should do it, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I applied for the job, and I got an interview. And um, I thought I did really, really well. Um, there was a lot of familiar faces in the interview. My Coach Malillo was in on the interview. Uh, a few parents that I knew from the, um, some of the youth programs were in on the interview. My athletic director, when I was in school, uh, Jerry Knight, um, you might know Adam, who's a city councilman. Yeah, Adam. Yep. Um, he was in on the interview. And, you know, I, uh, I got some good feedback afterwards. Um, I got a phone call from Mr. Knight. I got a phone call from Coach Malillo. They were, you know, oh, we're blown away. You, you know, as a young guy coming in so mature, you know, and handling the situation, um, you know. But, you know, we're going to go with Paul Garrett. And, um, you know, and I, I knew going in, and, and believe me, 
and Paul was a state championship caliber coach. Um, I didn't have any reservations that I was going to uh, be the guy that was going to top him in an interview. But it was kind of a it was kind of my way of practicing um, for my professional development. Yeah, and, that's you know, that, that's right. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right with that, and I think it's really important that you know again, just kind of getting that wisdom. How do you know how to interview for something if you've never really done it before? Yeah. And I mean, the St. Clemens job, you know, is pretty much, a, I was the only person who was going for it. <laughs> and, you know, when I went for it, uh, Jim had pretty much told the guy, you know, the athletic director, he said, who do you have going for the job? The guy said, nobody wants this job. Uh, and he said, well, I got the perfect guy for you. You know, so it was kind of like I walked in, it was just more of an introductory, you know, see if we like each other type of thing. This was, you know, a committee and you go in front of the committee and you answer tough questions. And, you know, they, a lot of the questions, um, you know, in that interview, were about my age you know you know how as a young person you know would you handle this situation how as a young person would would you handle that situation so um you know it was it was good experience for me and um you know would you like me to go into the second part of that is 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 um you know so then I got the phone call um from coach Malillo and yeah which was good I'll let you set it up yeah and and I think what's really cool about this so this is like again kind of digging deeper here so obviously you knew what like who was getting the position and you kind of felt it but getting the experience of interviewing and to me I think it's really cool that listen the AD came to you and said hey listen you were blown away by you um but then, you know, an interesting offer comes out of interviewing for that job and, and kind of saying to yourself, huh, what do I want to do here? And I'll let you kind of explain it. Yeah. So I got a phone call um, after I got the, you know, the, you know, that a boy, good job. Um, you know, we're very impressed, you know, um, you know, with your interview calls, you know, I was content on, you know, all right, here we go. We're going to get back to work. It was in the middle of the fall. St. Clemens is a type of school where you can't put your team in a fall league because most of your kids are playing every sport there. You know, if there's, I think there was like 40 boys in the school at the time. And, you know, we had 24 of them in the basketball program. So, uh, you know, so they're playing football and, you know, you might have two or three kids that aren't doing anything. You give them stuff to do, but there's no fall leagues and stuff. You're just waiting, hoping, hopefully that people don't get hurt in the football season and you get everybody intact by Thanksgiving. Um, so we're, we're, we're waiting around and the next week I got a phone call and, um, it was from, uh, coach Malillo and coach Malillo said, Hey Mark, um, you know, I just want to, you know, he, he reiterated about the, the interview process and, you know, and, and, and how, how impressed he was and how proud he was of me. And he said, um, I think it's time to come home. And I, you know, I was kind of like, well, what do you mean? And, you know, he's like, uh, I think that you should be, uh, I talked to Paul and Paul's looking for a young assistant coach. And, um, and I knew Paul a little bit, um, you know, we weren't really, uh, very close, but I, I knew, I knew him and, um, I was very comfortable with him and I knew of his uh, pedigree and his, and his resume. And um, he said, uh, you know, Paul, Paul's, Paul's going to uh, take this job and, you know, his son's going to be here and he's, you know, he might be your five years, he might be your seven years, eight years, but he, he's going to groom you um, to, you know, to be, you know, the long, you know, the next head coach at Sunville High School, the long-term coach. And, um, and I, I thought about it for a second and I was like, Oh well, yeah, that's, that's what I've always wanted, you know? And, um, you know, I, I had funny stories when on my college visit uh, to Fitchburg State, uh, you know, I was thinking about going there and playing basketball and Coach Malillo was an alumni. He took me there and we're in the car and we're just talking about life and what do you want to do? And, you know, I said, I want to be a teacher. 
And he said, oh, you know, well, what do you want to teach? And I said, well, I want to be a teacher so I can be a basketball coach. You know, uh, and he goes, oh, do you want to be a basketball coach? He goes, well, I always thought you'd be a coach. You know, you got that mentality. You got that personality. And I said, well, no, I want a yard job coach. I said, I'm going to come back and take your job someday. So, you know, we're in this situation where now he's telling me, you know, I think you should become the JV coach at Summerville High School and get your foot in the door and get in the school system. And even if you don't become the head coach, maybe you can get a teaching job there, um, you know, and, and all these different opportunities. And, um, you know, and then I, I, I talked to Paul. Um, Paul was the next phone call. He called me and, you know, I think we could do great things together. I really w would love to have you on board. And I said, well, you know, out of respect for you, I'd, I'd like to give you an answer right away, but can I have, you know, a day or two just to think about it? And, the, and, and as you alluded to, the, um, the decision was, you know, I'm a varsity coach. I just built this, this program, um, you know, but I can go home, you know, and it's no, you know, I can go home to Somerville high. You know, it, it's funny me saying go home because I've never lived out of Somerville my whole life. So I, you know, yeah. but um, you know, I, I, Somerville high school was just something that was, um, you know, was really special to me. And I always, I, I've been going to those games since I was seven years old with my dad and I watched my brother play there. Um, you know, I lived right next to Matinon high school growing up and I had never even applied to Matinon high school. I was going to Somerville high school. Like it didn't matter. I wanted to play for the Highlanders. I wanted to play in that gym. Um, I, I had so many, you know, boyhood um, uh, idols that I looked up to that I wanted to, I wanted to be just like. And so now it was a chance for me to go coach where I wanted to be, you know. And this, is, this was the ultimate goal, to be the head coach and, and be a coach at Somerville High School. Um, and, you know, but it was tough because I, am I going to give up my varsity job? Maybe I'll never get another chance at a varsity job. What if Paul does 20 years at Somerville High School? Who knows? You know, it's yeah. like – um, you know, and, I, and, and so, um, I had a lot to, to think about and then I got the call from Jim McCune again and, and Jim basically said to me, he laid it all out there. He said, you know, you, you've done, you showed people that you could coach and you could build something. He goes, now it's time. He goes for you to learn more. He goes, and you're going to coach under one of the best coaches in the state. And Paul, uh, was, is, is just an incredible basketball mind. Um, and you know, he's a guy that can walk into a gym with a hundred kids and you give them four basketballs and you say, Hey Paul, can you do an hour's worth of uh, a clinic right now? Uh, you know, I got to go to lunch and he'd, he'd have every kid in the gym running around doing something. He could put an offense in, he can, you watch a game with him and he could break down a defense like that. And so, um, you know, Jim kind of alluded that like, this is the next step in your, in your training and your professional development. You know, you want to be a head coach. You want to be a head coach at a big school. He goes, this is what you got to do. You got to coach in, the, in, in at a big school. And um, you know, and it's the greater Boston league too. I mean, you know, I was coaching the Catholic central, um, uh, Catholic suburban at the time, actually, we weren't even the Catholic central. So, you know, um, greater Boston league as a JV coach was still pretty big basketball at the time. You know? Yeah. And I think that that's great, you know, and, and as a young kid, that's a mature decision because there's not a lot of guys in their early twenties that having a success in turning a program around that they're going to leave that comfort. You kind of looking vision down the line saying, this was my dream to become the head basketball coach of Somerville. This puts me in and pretty much verbally have a, you're the next guy down the line, whether that's a five-year window, seven-year window, eight-year window, and that gets you to your dream. And like you said, professional development. And I think that's how young coaches sometimes need to look at working at those positions at the freshman level and the sub varsity level or the JV level is that, you know, you're developing as a coach, like you're getting better, you're getting put into those experiences, right. That you wouldn't necessarily in a varsity game have the say to call or do or whatever. So you're getting that, 
And then on top of that, you're getting to see someone who's really good doing that. And that puts you in better situations and scenarios when you're now facing those situations at a sub varsity level. So I think it's a super mature decision on your part. And obviously it's led to great things. So again, yeah, visionary and, and seeing it. And just to, to, to touch base on that too, is, is, is you know, we, we as coaches, we talk about it as our coaching journey. And, you know, it's, it's not, you know, fast food. You walk in, you order, you get it, and now you, you start. Um, it's a coaching journey. And, um, you know, and my, my ultimate goal was to coach at Somerville High School and, and hopefully be the varsity coach there someday. And so I just felt that this was the right um, – this was the chance to, to get my foot in the door and, and, to, and to learn more, you know, and, I, and to learn more about the school system, you know, from, from the, the educational side and from the administration side. You know, I knew it as a student and a student athlete, but I, you know, I, 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 I just thought that this, this was a great thing. And I never thought of it as a step down either. Um, like I said, it's the Greater Boston League. Um, I think over the years, the Greater Boston League um, has been one of the best leagues in the state. So Agreed. And we're going to talk about that. I was going to yeah. bring some stuff up about that. So that's great. No, and I agree with you, Coach. I think, like you said, you're making a move into a place that's producing, you know, Division One products and several schools in the GBL are doing that at a time. So, so it's, it's good basketball. Um, so obviously you go there and you're, and you're there for a five-year window as you know, JV coach and obviously getting the education and everything that you expected it to be, it was and more and, and really learning, you know, like you said, the Somerville school system and understanding your players and understanding, um, you know, like the, the, you know, what you have already built there, what coaches are already building there. Now the job pops back up. Right. Yeah. Uh, but this time, you know, you're, you're running into somewhat of a gauntlet here. Right. So we have, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a, and first of all, it becomes this huge high profile job. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Boston Globes reporting about the Boston Herald's about it is being written about. And there was um, a coach that you were kind of going, you know, head to head with it on. And, you know, I'll let you set it up here a little bit. But um, again, you're going against a guy like Jack O'Brien, who's legendary um, coach of Charlestown High School, who's won a bazillion championships, has like a best-selling book, and this job pops up, and that name pops up as somebody. Um, talk about, and, and I want to kind of connect it to what you talked about earlier. You go through the interview process. So I'm going to ask you this in two parts. One, what was your initial reaction to that? Because I, I, that's like going for a job, and then this, you know, all world coach is going to go for this job and you're like, Oh, um, but also talk about maybe how that first interview that Jim kind of convinced you to go on five years prior to that maybe really helped you prepare the second time around to give the stellar interview that, that you gave. And from the research I've done, I've heard great things about your interview. So, um, yeah. So, um, you know, when I was at some, when I was at Somerville as the JV coach, um, you know, I got in there and, you know, just to be in an urban educational setting is completely, you know, Somerville had changed, it got, became very diverse. Um, and it, it just, it, it became this unbelievable learning experience for me. Um, and um, the job opens up. I didn't expect it to open up, you know, was, I was there five years. I didn't expect, um, I didn't expect Paul to, to want to coach 10, 15 years, but I didn't expect it to open up after five years. So it was kind of a shock, um, that the job opened up, um, you know, and 
you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're this loyal assistant coach and you're doing all these, these things to make yourself a better coach and to, and to make yourself part of the school community. And you feel when the job opens up, you feel that, um, okay, um, you know, right, so this is going to happen. And this is what, you know, I've always wanted, you know, since I was, you know, an 18 year old kid, I always wanted to be the head coach at Summerville High School when I decided to be a basketball coach. And, um, you know, you get all these different emotions and you're ready and you're getting nervous and you're getting all this nervous energy. And then boom, um, you hear that, uh, you know, there might be some people in the city uh, that have decided to, you know, trying to bring in this big name. And I have all the respect in the world for uh, Coach O'Brien and, he was at Charlestown High School, um, and he did some amazing things in some um, really tough circumstances. You know, he had kids um, that, um, you know, he was, he was like a father to. And, uh, you know, they wrote a, a, a book. Um, the, one of the writers from the Boston Globe wrote a book about him. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm going, oh, how, how, how is this happening to me right now, you know? And I'm um, sure everything's playing yeah, back. Like, I left you know, this varsity job. I came here. Yeah, like, and you, you know, and, and I, I was a loyal assistant coach, and I left this varsity job, and I could have went in this other path. And, and I'm just sitting there. And I finally, after, after the initial shock of what I was going to be up against, and, I, you know, I've never been the, the smartest guy. I've never been the most talented guy. I'm not the best-looking guy, but I'm going to outwork you. You know, and that's my kind of my model. And, um, you know, I said, okay, all right, well, let's just take this as another challenge. And how am I going to be a, you know, the sexy candidate here, you know, over, you know, this big name um, and, or any other. And there was a few other varsity coaches that went for this job as well. I think there was up to four varsity coaches, you know. If you add up all the wins, they had many more wins than I had at St. Clemens. Um, so, you know, I decided – all right, I'm going to tackle this on and, and I'm going to tackle this on with some hard work here. So I thought about it. And um, my um, assistant coach, who's still my assistant coach, uh, Matt Desmond, he was our freshman coach at the time. And um, we sat down and we brainstormed. All right, how, and, and, and when I said this, um, you know, when, I, when we said, how are we going to get the job? We were a package deal. Matt was coming, he was staying with me. He was going to be the JV coach. I was going to be the varsity coach. Um, and that's, it's been that way, you know, for 13 years, uh, we've been a package deal. And so we sat down and we brainstormed and, and I just said, you know, what makes me the, the better candidate over some of these other names? And um, I was, I was the guy who knew the ins and outs of Somerville. I knew everything there was to know about Somerville basketball. I knew everything there was to know about the city. Um, what could I do and what, and what type of energy could I bring to this program that is going to, is going to sway them to, 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 to what I thought was the right decision to, 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 to take the person who's been loyal and, and, and stay, stayed with the program. And, um, we came up with a, uh, coaching uh, plan and, you know, it was just a seven page document, put it together. You know, we've all seen them in job interviews and, um, in our coaching, my coaching plan or our coaching plan basically, um, really, um, attacked um the youth program had had some issues where um you know uh a gentleman who was running it had ran it ran the youth program for 10 years his kids were way out of high school and we needed somebody to step in well who's going to step in i'm going to do that okay i'm going to run the youth program that's that's step number one okay and that's uh, a whole animal in itself i mean yes. that's like a whole and we're going to talk about that after yeah so you know so these are the type of points that um that i that i went with i had relationships with the kids already 
um, uh, you know, I would like to think that I was popular with, 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 with the, the, the students that were in the school at the time and, and with, the, with the players in the program. Um, you know, and we just really attacked these finer points um, and prepared, 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 just like you would for a championship game. And, you know, um, I, I went over every scenario that I possibly could, they could possibly ask me. Um, and I went in there and I went in there so prepared that I was really at ease um, with the with the interview process. And but to your second part of your question, you asked how um, the first interview helped me with the second interview. Um, Jim was right again. You know, he, he you need to have your your interviewing experience. You know, if you're going to be a varsity coach someday, you you need to have this interviewing experience. How are you going to know how to interview for a job if you've never done it before? I had done it before. I had done it at Somerville High School. I knew what they I knew what they were looking for. Um, and so when I went into this committee, didn't mean that, that, that the, uh, the interview process wasn't strenuous. Um, I went into this committee, there was, uh, 10 people on the committee. I knew a lot of familiar faces. So that, that put me at ease. Um, you know, these people had seen me grown up as, as, as a kid, you know, um, you know, saw me playing in high school, saw me work some of the recreation, the youth program, saw me work Saturday morning basketball, saw me as the JV coach. So they knew kind of the type of person and the kind of type of character I had. So I felt like I didn't really have to sell them on me as the person. I had to sell them on what I was going to do to, to, to maintain this basketball program. It's a strong program and how I was going to try to, to put my stamp on it. And that's, and, and by having that first interview, I was really comfortable with the process. I went in there and you know, it, it's, and I tell my players this, when you go into a big game and you've done the work and you can look yourself in the mirror before the big game and you can say, you know what, I did everything and checked every box possible to get ready for this game. Um, you know, and I felt that way about this interview. I said, you know, I, if it doesn't happen and they, they choose, you know, this Jack O'Brien or whoever else, uh, if they choose these other candidates, um, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, but I've done everything I possibly could. And I went in there really relaxed. And um, I, I think I, I, I hit it out of, out, of, out of the park. You know, I, I went in there um, and I got great feedback um, and I made it through round one. And then um, I went to round two, which was with the athletic director. And I had a great relationship with the athletic director. I had worked with her for five years. Um, so that was a really comfortable situation for me. She knew what she was getting. She knew she was getting a genuine um, person who, who cared so much about these kids and about the school. So I made it through round two. Now they tell me, you know, you're gonna, a week later. So this is going on over a five-week period. Um, and you're going to meet with the principal. I meet with the principal, you know, he's got some tough questions for me, you know, and I, I tackle those questions right on, you know, and I found out after the fact that I was interviewing against myself at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, I, nobody really made it to that step, but I didn't know this, you know, and I didn't really care to ask either. I didn't think it was my place to say, well, who else is in, in the mix there? Right. You know, you I just, I just wanted to keep going. Let's just, just keep going. Whatever I have to do, any hurdle I'll jump through, I jump over and, you know, and hoop I'll jump through. So I, uh, and then I had the final interview with the superintendent, Tony Parentazzi and Mr. Parentazzi. Um, I was going for my master's. I was taking my master's program at, um, at Cambridge college, which the program was at Curry. And I had a class at, um, eight o'clock that morning. And he said, can you meet with me on Friday? Of course I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, if I don't go to class on Friday, it was an accelerated course. I'm not going to get a passing grade in my master's course. So now I'm sitting there and I'm like, um, uh, uh, Mr. Parentazzi, um, I have a uh, master's course that I'm taking. Oh, that's great. You know, you should be doing that. You know, I said, um, can I meet with you uh, either before, after or something? He 
goes, well, that's great. I'm in the office at 6.15 in the morning every day. I'm like, well, I'll be there at 6.15, sir. <laughs> and I was in a full suit. Um, it was like 95 degrees out. I was waiting in front of the uh, school administration building. He pulled in. We walked up to his office. I was sweating profusely because it was so hot out. <laughs> right. I was nervous. And uh, we sat down and he put his, uh, he just kind of leaned back in his chair and he goes, I just want to let you know that you already got the job, so you don't have to sell me on it. And it was like the weight of the world just came off oh. my chest. And I, and I was just like, I sunk into my chair like in relief. And, um, you know, and he had some great things um, and great feedback and things that he was looking for um, from a young coach. And, um, you know, it was, the rest is history. It was, yeah. It, it sounds like, I mean, like, really, it sounds like they invested in the long-term investment, right? Like somebody who's like, I'm going to actively run the youth program. I'm going to be involved in the community. And I think that was the best way to approach it, right? You're a sum of a guy. This is your dream job. You're talking about why this is your dream job. These are all the things that you're going to focus on that make Summerville basketball the best product you possibly can. I mean, I remember getting my head coach job at Arlington Catholic and like getting in the car and like kind of getting emotional for a second, you know, because when it's your dream and you're kind of working towards that and you get to that pinnacle, it's, yeah, it's nice. Like you worked hard to get there. You know, the times of practice and cold weather and, you know, and, and having the schedule around the million different things and, yeah, and having tough seasons and having good seasons. Like when you get there, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great feeling. Um, yeah. And, 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 it, it, yeah, it was, it was, you say that when you get in the car and you finally got the job, I remember that I was driving to Curry, uh, in this little rush hour traffic and I'm by myself and I'm like, you know, it's like one of those movie situations. You just start screaming in the car. You're like, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're trying to call people and people are getting ready for work and nobody wants, oh, that's great. All right. Can I call you later on? You know? And so, um, yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it was, I knew there was a lot of work to be done and it was just the start of the journey. But um, I think like you, you hit it on the head. Um, I think they saw me as the long-term solution and as somebody that was going to grow with the program and grow as a coach. And, um, you know, I hope they're happy with that decision. You know? No, I mean, they definitely are. I mean, they definitely are. And I named some of those accolades and, you know, you get this job and, and you mentioned one of the things I really want to talk about before we jump into really just kind of systematically and style play is you in the interview process sold them on the fact that you've been, you would be running the um, youth program. So that yeah. was in 2008 and you've been running the youth program since then to this day, you're yeah. actively involved in the youth program. So you are actively involved with these kids from a very young age through elementary to middle school to high school, and you are invested to them as players, but also as a person. And I think this is what stood out to me most about you and getting you on the show is that message. Like someone who just kind of goes to this place that they dream to have this job and they have it. And you're not only that as a dad, but you're invested into the youth of this city. So, I mean, talk about running a youth program because running a high school programs is, is its own monster. And yeah. now you're running the youth program that's really developing and feeding that monster that you're also running on the other side. So just, I mean, talk about the work that goes into it. I got a lot of respect for you for this. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's many um, coaches out there that run their own youth program. So that does make um, us unique in Somerville. Um, it just, it, it just ended up, um, you know, like I said, we had a gentleman by Mike named Mike Foster. He founded the program. Um, and, uh, we actually just lost Mike, um, a, a, about a month or two ago. And, uh, he was a great man, very close with his family. And, um, he, um, him and coach Malillo, they tag team this program and it just got to the point where Mike had some other things going on and, you know, 
and his son had graduated and, you know, he was long gone and um, it, was, it was time for someone else to step up. And um, so our program was kind of, you know, a shell of it, uh, what it once was. And um, I decided that, you know, I'm a young guy and, you know, the only way I really know how to uh, do things is just to tackle things head on. And so um, the first thing I did was I went and got um, some guys to help with the program. Um, so I'm kind of like the, what I would call the engine behind the program. I'm the motor. I'm the one who, you know, uh, who's going to spearhead, you know, the financing and get the scheduling. But I've always had um, some, some, some coordinators and, and great coaches that have done a lot of the day-to-day -day work during the basketball season. You know, and I always tell them, I said, as soon as Thanksgiving comes, you know, I have to have everything in place for you guys because I'm only going to be able to do so much, you know, my practice, you know, and, you know, you're going to need to know who to call if the custodians don't open the gym. Um, so, you know, we always have a, a point person. So the first thing I did was I called a former player of ours at Summerville High School um, by the name of Daryl Goodrich. And Daryl um, was a great player at Summerville High School, played basketball at UMass Dartmouth. And, um he was back in Somerville and um, Daryl and I have been close since he was 10 years old and I was probably 17 or 18. I, you know, I was coaching him in youth programs and stuff. And I called Daryl up and I said, Daryl, I said, uh, this is what I need from you. And um, I laid out my, my, my vision and Daryl, um, he just jumped right in. He said, I'm in coach. And then the next call was uh, to uh, Chris Johansson and Chris Bull, who are former players of Richie Malillo's, and they were working in some of the youth programs. And I said, I need you guys to do the seventh grade team. And then it was, you know, so on and so on. And then finally, I had five to six alumni, uh, alums um, in our program. And, you know, and, and, and Daryl was the heart and soul of this whole thing. And, um, you know, I did a lot of the, the legwork as far as, you know, dealing with the city and the recreation department and some of the league business. And Daryl was, you know, coaching the eighth grade team and making sure that everything was running on a day-to-day -day operation. And, you know, um, and it's funny is Daryl stepped down a couple of years ago as our coordinator and I roped him, he took a year off and I roped him right back into coaching. He's a, he has a sixth grade son and now he's our sixth grade coach, which we didn't have a season this year due to COVID, but he would have been our sixth grade coach. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but um, you know, uh, when you have good people and, and you put people and you, you find the right people to help you, um, you know, it, it's, it's a passion project and, you know, it has to be done. It feeds our high school program. And, you know, as long as I'm the coach at Stormville High School, I'm going to be involved with that. And that's what, that's what's giving us some success at the high school level. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that, that, that we feel really strongly about, you know? Yeah. And I think it's great. You know, I think you showing that investment, but most importantly, I mean, when you mentioned earlier, did they, I hope they feel like they made the right decision. I mean, you stuck to your word. You said, this is what I'm going to be involved in. And that's what you did. So, you know, they looked at the long-term investment and they knew what they were getting with you. So, you know, to me, yeah, definitely. You know, they, they picked the right person. Um, so when I kind of did some homework about you and your style of play, and obviously we talked about, you know, you play in the GBL, which is a monster, monster of a league. I mean, you know, you have your Everett's who've had runs and Cambridge who've had runs. And when I say runs, like very good deep runs, but also some real great talent. Um, even years of Mefford having some talent that came out, you guys having some talent. I mean, talk about playing in the GBL, um, the all the years that you coach. I know you guys moved to the NEC a little bit, but you're back to the GBL. But just talk about the competition you've seen in the GBL over the years because it's, I mean, there's been some great names that have come through there. 
Yeah, I mean, when when I played in the 90s, um, we had, I think just in my junior and senior year, there was five Division One scholarship players. Um, you know, you had Shannon Crooks at Everett, you had Pat Bradley at Everett, um, a couple of kids from Cambridge, you know, um, it, it, it's just it, Gene Bain from Medford. Um, so, you know, you had these great basketball and it, it, it kept going. That tradition kept going into the, into the two thousands leagues kind of splintered off a little bit. Um, and, and somewhere in the mid to late two thousands, uh, we lost puberty, we lost Arlington, we lost Waltham and we kind of became a fraction of ourselves. Um, but we, um, we were able to keep the core of, of our league and our league basically is it's like the old Big East um, basketball from the 90s, 80s and 90s. It's a war every night. Um, you're going to play physical. Um, most teams are going to play man-to-man. They're going to get up in your face. Um, you, it's going to be offensive rebounding, crashing the glass. Sometimes it's ugly basketball, but I, I think it's beautiful basketball. Um, you know, it's uh, the coaches coach with passion. Uh, we've had great coaches over the years, um, you know, uh, John DiBiase was at Everett, a uh, legendary coach. He has like you know, 500 wins or something like that. We had, when Cambridge was in the league, we had Lance Doughton. Um, Lance and I uh, teach together in Cambridge. I'm a Cambridge public school uh, phys ed teacher. But uh, we had great battles on the court, um, you know, with that legendary program. Um, Don Nally's been um, at Malden High School. Uh, we've had Anthony Faraday then David White and, and John Scarry at Medford. And, you know, it just keeps going and going. Uh, so every night you knew that the other team was going to be really, really prepared. Um, you were going to be in for a battle. And the great thing about our league is that everyone could beat everyone. And you've seen some crazy upsets over the years where a team, you know, just for instance, us, um, we played, we, our rival for a while was Cambridge in the league. And um, Cambridge, um, I had a really good team at the time, and Cambridge was undefeated. They had uh, the Taylor brothers, um, and their starting line was 6'9", I think it was 6'6", 6'5", 6'4", and then they had like a six-foot point guard. Yeah, and we played, them, we played <laughs> them on the, um, the Fox 25 game of the week. Uh, I don't know if you remember those. You oh, yeah. You get picked. And so it was a big deal. And, you know, I was telling the kids, oh, we're going to be on Fox 25 and this and that. And, you know, I thought we were ready. And I thought we were playing small ball at the time. Our biggest kid was about 5'11 um, in our starting lineup. And uh, we had like a 6'1 kid coming off the bench. And uh, we went over there uh, to Cambridge. And um, I thought we were ready in this big game. And, you know, they were shutting the door down at 6, I think 6'15. It was like the old days where if you didn't get in by the JV halftime, you weren't getting in the game. And uh, we lost by 35 points that night. And I was demoralized. I was like, oh, my God. I was, if I could have dug a hole in the War Memorial Gym at Cambridge and crawled into it <laughs> in the fourth quarter of that game, I would have. But my kids never – I'm watching the game, and I'm watching, and my kids aren't giving up. And we're down 35 points, and they're still taking charges. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, you know what? I screwed this game up. I should have played zone. I didn't think they were a great shooting team, but I was too proud. And we were a man-to-man team. And I said, we're going to come out and play man. And I went in the locker room that night after the game. And the kids were just like, you know, you, you would have thought they were in a street fight. They were so beat up physically and mentally. And I went in and I said, if we make some changes in practice over the next – we were playing them in five days. If we make some changes in the, ne- in the next five days, I said – in a senior night, um, I think we can beat them on senior night. 
And my assistant coach was in the back of the room and he was looking at me like, yeah, okay, coach, you know? And I just kept saying, I said, I think we can beat these guys. I know in my heart going into this game that we can compete with this team. And I, I don't, I wasn't sure what happened that night, why we lost by 35. And then watching the film, I realized idiot. I should have put, I should have been playing zone. And uh, we came out in a one, three, one zone. The next time we play them on senior night and we ended their undefeated season. They ended, they finished the regular season 19 and one that year. Oh, so it's great being the one great yeah being the one. it is great being the one <laughs> it, but you know but it's just back to the gbl question like those are the type of games you get in the gbl you know um one team's really really hungry and you know they they believe in themselves and you just never know like i remember playing some teams that had three or four wins in the year and i was i was sick to my stomach before the game and i was like if we don't make our shots tonight this team's gonna beat us you know, and it's going to be their only league win. And that's the type of league it is. You know, you're just going to – you're taking everybody's best punch every night. Yeah, and, and so you kind of alluded to it playing man-to-man on defense. I mean, the word around town is, and doing my homework on you and talking to you a little bit, it seems that you are a very systematic guy, but definitely defensive-minded and defensive-driven, um, that your team has that reputation of diving for loose balls and crashing boards and taking hard fouls and doing what's best for the team. I mean, talk about that mentality that you have. I mean, is your style truly defensive more than it is offensive? I mean, the game's changing, and you're seeing the launching of three-point is like, you know, they're, they're 10 point baskets um you know talk a little bit about your style of coaching and and what your expectations are yeah i mean um i think you you get your your style of coaching from the way that you played and the way that you were coached um and i watched um you know a guy like jim McCune in wilmington um be one of the first people to really open up offenses and um you know but he never never went away from his defensive principles it was always you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna play you hard on the ball we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be in the midline which that's what our terminology some people call a basket line we're gonna be in help defense and we're gonna we're gonna rebound every shot and then we're gonna get out and run and we're gonna you know take the best oper- uh, best shot that's given and you play to your strengths and um we kind of have, have that's kind of our system at Somerville high school i always say to the kids um you know i'm gonna give you some freedom on offense um and i'll let you you know, shoot the three. I'm going to let you drive and kick. I'm going to let you play off the bounce a little bit. We're going to play a lot of high ball screens, but on the defensive end, I own you and we're not going to, we're not going to bend on those principles. And um, yeah, you're right. Um, We're a type of team um, over the years that we want to be tough to play against. Um, And I would hope that, you know, some of my colleagues um, in the league and people we've played would say that you know playing against Somerville is going to be a dogfight, and um and that's the mentality we get we we go into the season with every year and we we hammer it home and instill it into the kids um and you know um we practice it and I think preparations is is the is the if you're going to play that style you have to prepare it and if you came to our practice we go to uh two hours and the kids beat beat the snot out of each other for two hours. We're competing. It's one on one. It's two on two, three on three. Then we get into some four on four, five on five. Everything's a competition. Everything's in your face. Nothing is you know um, is going to be uh, done softly. Um, and we've developed a style where 
we try to crash the offensive glass. You know, we, we, we're, we're, we're hope, hopefully, you know, boxing out every shot, everybody in the court, and we get a rebound, uh, we're looking to run. And then when we score, um, we're going to be in your face uh, and, 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 and be tough to play against. And, you know, we will play some zone at times, but um, I, I do go back to my principles. And as I, you know, I admitted to my mistake in that Cambridge game years ago, um, sometimes, um, you know, you, you, you're a little proud and, and – and you got to learn those lessons, you know. Um, but yeah, we are a man-to-man team, um, and we like to, uh, to 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 make you uncomfortable. I know, and 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 that's what I love. I mean, I'm such a defensive-minded guy in the game of football. So for me, it is like when I hear coaches' defensive mentality and being scrappy. I mean, that's my ears perk up, and I love listening to them at what sport it is. Yeah, and we use a lot of football references too um, in our program. Um, you know, I played some, you know, youth football. I played up until my, I think, it was my freshman year in high school. But um, you know, uh, one of my guys that I really like to watch play, and um, they're not the prettiest team out there, is Tom Izzo at Michigan State. And Coach Izzo, um, he's known for bringing football concepts into his practices. He's had his kids in, I've never done this, but he's had his kids in shoulder pads and helmets in practice and banging. And, you know, um, and I watched like Michigan state play and, and, you know, it's almost like a football game out there. So, you know, some purists would say, oh, they're playing rugby out there, you know, and they're knocking people down. And, and, you know, we like to pride ourselves on, on, playing a, 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 a rugged game, you know, and, and being tough to play against. And I think that, uh, you know, in, in the high school, you can, you can stale some games by doing that if you can be the more disciplined team, you know. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like when you can go into a game and win and you're like, wow, I, I coach this team a little bit here. We, we pulled off a game that, you know, we kind of coached them down the line and things fell into place a little bit. So it's always a great feeling. Um, and then offensively, I know we talked on the phone. I thought this was a great story. And, you know, as a coach, sometimes you outthink yourself so much and you start saying to yourself, am I getting a little complacent in what I'm doing? Am I becoming predictable? You start to begin the question. And one thing you started questioning a little bit offensively was kind of the style of play. And you went out you know, afterwards to, to dinner with one of the, your friends, uh, Coach Faraday at the time was at Medford. And you talked about your offensive style. I thought this was a great story to share about maybe sometimes how coaches overthink things and overthink themselves a little bit and what they're yeah. doing. And just yeah. like almost kind of play themselves out of, out of a pretty good style. Yeah, and when we talked on the phone, I told you about uh, Coach McCune and Coach Keating uh, as a freshman coach telling me about the KISS method. And I never heard that before. And uh, the KISS method is keep it simple. And they, you know, it's stupid, but uh, we try to use something else. Uh, but uh, the KISS method is kind of what is the philosophy that I like to go by. And there was a time where I felt like everyone was scouting us and we ran this motion offense. Uh, We ran other things and, you know, uh, but we had this bread and butter motion offense. Uh, We called it Salem. And um, I was uh, having um, a a post uh, GBL all-star meeting dinner with uh, coach Faraday and coach Nally. Coach Nally is the Malden coach. Coach Faraday was at Medford at the time. I believe he was at Medford at the time. And I was just telling him, I just said, uh, you know, talking about our kids and where our team's coming back. And I said, you know, I think this is a year I'm going to scrap it. I'm going to scrap Salem. And, uh, you know, I got this offense from coach Gary at Somerville when I was the JV coach. Um, and I think I was probably like seven years in. So this is 12 years that the GBL had seen the Salem offense. And, um, you know, I was just thinking like, you know, I, there's, there's tons of things out there. Uh, you know, I think we just need to be, you know, less predict, excuse me, less predictable. 
And Coach Faraday, um, in his adult beverage, he almost spit it all over me. <laughs> and he was just like, his eyes were popping out. And he was like, Mark, he goes, I, you know, if you weren't a good friend of mine, he goes, I, I would never even share this with you. He goes, you know, because I want to beat you just as bad as anybody else. He goes, do you know how much time we spend, you know, uh, preparing, uh, you know, and teams have to spend preparing for um, – you know, for this, uh, and, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah, we spend, you know, at least 45 minutes to an hour, you know, just going over your cuts and this and that and blah, blah, blah. He goes, he goes, you're crazy. You're crazy. And I just sat there and played it cool with my poker face. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe you're right. You know? And then I went home and I wrote down, never, ever, ever throw away Salem, you know? And, and, um, you know, and like you said, you know, you sometimes you overthink things as coaches. You know, you watch something, you're watching the NBA, you're watching a college game, you're like, oh, we, you know, like, for instance, the Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, back when Steve Nash was there, everybody wanted to shoot the ball in seven seconds or less, because that's what Steve, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni did it with Phoenix. And, you know, but you got to play to your personnel. And, um, you know, I've caught myself over the years and my assistant coaches have caught me over the years of uh, basically, um, you know, saying, uh, coach, uh, kiss method, right? You tell the kids that all the time. And, um, you know, so yeah, we, we were overthinking things. I was overthinking things a little bit and, um, it, it took a good friend and a good colleague, uh, to kind of, uh, talk me off the, uh, the, the, the ledge. Oh yeah. And, I would have, I would have led you to the door and have been like, yeah, yeah, let me unlock it for <laughs> you. Good no man, that Coach Barry, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So that was the story about, uh, about that. And, you know, and so now eight, this is, it would have been the 18th year that uh, the Salem offense would have been at Somerville High School. And, and we na- I renamed the offense Salem um, in tribute to Coach Garrity because he, he had this offense when he had Scooney Penn at um, Salem High School. And so I thought this was their offense, and so we're going to rename it Salem and, um, you know, in, in honor of them. So, yeah, so that was uh, our uh, little uh, time when I got talked off the ledge by a uh, Medford coach. So Medford's not that bad. Yeah, listen, <laughs> and you mentioned earlier Medford, Gene Bain. Gene Bain's actually a guest on the show uh, in the middle oh, of March. Yeah, he's coaching man. Brandeis. Yeah, Gene's awesome. So I met yeah. Gene. I was playing at uh, St. Joseph's CYO, and I think I was in the seventh grade, and he was in the eighth grade. And uh, my phys ed teacher at the time, uh, John Chiesa, was running the league. He said, hey, Mark, why don't you come over and play in this league? And he put me on a team with Gene. And I thought I was a really good player in Somerville. And then I saw Gene Bain play, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I've heard the legend. I mean, there is a legend out here about him. Phenomenal. And, and, I, and I love it. And I love it. And he's, he's got a great story, and yeah. he's a great guy. So I'm, I'm super Doing a great job, too. Doing a great job at Brandeis. Yeah. And, and like, like him right now, you guys are in a similar situation with COVID that, you know, you're not playing and you're actually, I've had a lot of basketball coaches on and you're really the first basketball program that I'm having on that's really not playing or at least delaying their start to play. Um, so, you know, I wanted to give you a minute to talk about that. Cause I know for coaches, obviously it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster, especially where this has been a part of your life for so long. It's habit. It's, you know, what you're used to at this time of the year and now having this free time, it's, it's a lot different, but also for your players. I mean, it's emotional for them. These kids are growing up playing the sport. You've seen a lot of these kids growing up and playing the sport. Um, you know, talk about experience and navigating through COVID times here. Yeah. So we're, we're really, um, just kind of in limbo. Um, a quick update uh you know we thought we were going to get approved to play for early january january 10th you know the gbl decided to punt down the road and start maybe march 1st um and we're hoping by the end of this week that we might get a definitive answer from our um school department and medford started practicing malden started practicing and right now my kids are um, still i haven't seen my players in person since uh, early march um 
you know, and uh, we didn't get to have our breakup dinner last year. Um, and it hurts, you know, um, and, you know, I get a lot of adults, friends and people that, you know, know me as a passionate coach and you get that text message. Oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? How, how are you handling this? And, you know, as coaches, as I told you on the phone, um, you know, when our season's over, we have a, either a mental or a physical checklist of things that we have to do to prepare for, to start, to turn the page and start the next year. You know, you have your banquet, you got to order your gifts, you got to get your, you know, and in Somerville, we do what we call a, um, a breakup dinner. It's a, a uh, four to 12 um, grades, four to 12 dinner where we have our travel program and our high school program and we have family dinner and um, we do all those things. And then right after the, 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 the banquet's over or the breakup dinner's over, then you're starting to, you, you know, your, your seniors are already ready for college. You don't have to worry about them anymore. Now you're starting to worry about the returning players. Are they playing AAU? Are they doing this? What are they going to do for skill development in the off season? Are they playing a spring sport? Um, and, you, and you're checking all these boxes. Um, and then, you know, you have your summer league and your fall league and it just keeps going and it's a cycle. And then it's you get to Thanksgiving yeah. and you're praying that no football players that are going to play basketball, you know, have a broken arm or a broken collarbone. I say that because it's happened to me many times. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I can <laughs> but, imagine. um, you know, you get there and it's the Monday after Thanksgiving and boom, we're starting over. We hit the reset button and it's, it's, it's like groundhog day. Um, and, you know, and like I've told my friends that have asked, um, you know, I'm an adult and, you know, if we don't play this year, uh, you know, I'll go through the same process, you know, and flip the page and then I'll start again in November and we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have a new season. I have a new season every year. Um, but these kids, they're, they're never going to get this experience back. And it breaks my heart. Um, I have three seniors, uh, senior captains um, that have been in our program since I think fifth, sixth grade. And I want to do anything for them to, to get, you know, somewhat of a normalcy in a, in a season here. And um, it's breaking my heart right now that uh, they're in limbo and we have no answers for them. And, um, you know, and like I, I've posted on my Twitter page and I'll tell anybody that will listen to me, this isn't about wins and losses. This isn't about stats. This isn't about um, league titles or making the tournament and playing in front of huge crowds. This is a mental health issue. Um, these kids need this. Uh, they they, they need to be around their peers. They need to feel normal again. And if we can do that in a safe environment, um, you know, I, I just hopefully that we get the chance to do it. Yeah. And it's tough. You know, I mean, every community just handles it a lot differently and there's no playbook and, you know, no matter what it is, making those decisions are tough because at the end of the day, you're still going to have critics no matter what. But I agree. You know, I think that getting these kids back on the court from a mental, you know, getting them back on the court from that mental health aspect alone is, is really the king here is really the most important thing. Um, but, you know, one thing I want to ask you before we kind of jump into these last couple of questions that I typically ask my coach, and this is something that, you know, I truly admire about you and getting your story out there a little bit is when we talked about your bench, and I've asked a lot of coaches this question before about how they, you know, systematically build their bench for the style of play and where you might press a lot. Yeah, you might need a rotation because either you're going to be in really good shape or you're going to need a lot of guys to rotate in. Um, but you mentioned about keeping a deeper bench and you had your reasons for keeping a deeper bench. And, you know, a lot of that probably ties in with being in the youth program for so long and seeing these kids kind of develop and grow uh, basically under, under your watch, you know, when it comes to the world of basketball. So talk about why you keep that deeper bench and what it means to you to do so. Yeah, I think we do it. We, we, we do it for two reasons. Uh, one for style of play. Um, you know, we, we don't press as much um, as, as we used to. Um, 
but we do play an in-your-face style and we compete every day in practice. And in order to do that, um, having more bodies around and being able to, you know, do more two on, you know, four baskets, uh, three baskets of, of two on two or, you know, this and that, um, you know, having the more bodies around um, is really beneficial. Um, you know, we do a lot of uh, individual skill work. Um, so having the bodies there um, is, is really beneficial to our system. Um, but also, you know, being involved in the youth program, um, and, you know, in, in being more of a, um, a, 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 of kind of a social worker than a basketball coach in my days in Somerville, um, I want to keep as many kids in our program and keep as many kids active and, and under our watch because we feel like we're, we keep a disciplined house. You know, we're going to make sure that they're doing their schoolwork. And I feel like the alternatives, um, you know, of, of, you know, are not great, you know, and I'd rather be – have to deal with the issue of having, you know, 12, 13, 14, sometimes 15 guys on, on my team and try to keep everybody happy and everybody moving in the same direction as an adult, then, you know, telling a 16 a year old kid that, you know, Hey, you're not needed here. And you're, um, you know, God knows what you're going to do outside of these walls of this, this basketball gym. So, you know, we've always had, um, had, had, an issue with that we wanted to keep as many kids as possible and i think the reason why we've been able to do that with with very few problems has also been uh just clear communication no nobody likes to get lied to nobody wants to get smoke blown up their butt um we bring kids in um after the team's made and you know i did it last year i had nine seniors and i had three kids that really didn't get much playing time at all you know we had a few games where we won um big and we got them in and you know, senior night, we obviously play our seniors. Um, but um, I brought the three kids in um, and I said to them each, um, you know, here's the deal. I love you as a person. I think you're, you know, they were all honorable students. I think you're great kids. Um, you've been part of our, our travel program. I don't envision you getting a ton of minutes this year. Um, you know, right now you're ranked, you're probably 14th on our depth chart or maybe 13th. The kid was, um, maybe with hard work, you know, we play nine guys, you know, maybe with hard work and some injuries or whatever, maybe in two weeks, things change and you might jump somebody. I don't know. I can't predict the future, but I wanted to be honest and upfront with you. And, um, you know, and when we've done that, all the kids are like, coach, I totally understand. Thank you so much for um, being honest with me. And, um, and then I say, are you good with this? Are you sure you, you know, I just want to be upfront, you know, mm -hmm. and all the kids and the kids are um, the kids. I think 99 point. I don't think I've ever had a kid turn us down and say, no, I don't want to be the 13th man or no, I don't want to be the 14th man. I think you get yourself in trouble when you don't address those issues. You know, you have to be clear with your communication and um, you know um, we've been able to do that and we've carried large benches, you know, 14 guys, 13, 15 guys. And, you know, with very, very few problems. And, you know, there's that occasion where a kid would come to you mid season and say, you know, this just isn't for me, but it doesn't really happen very often. Yeah. Know? And I think it's great because it also, you know, probably amps up the intensity of practice a little bit, right? These guys are now there to prove like, Hey, there is a possibility. There is a shot here. A couple of guys go down or some guys aren't playing well. You know, I, I, I can be ready to go. So those guys giving an effort on scout, um, really giving some of your, maybe your higher up guys, your five, six, seven, you know, top five, six, seven, you know, some work at practice and put them in situations. I've had plenty of guys like that, that when we were looking at scout team, we're like, these are the kids we want out here. Cause this kid can simulate this well, this kid can simulate this well. Like, 
you know, yeah, and, it, and it's part of your time. culture too. You know, if, if you can build that culture, um, we've had some great, um, chemistry with our teams the last two or three years. Um, uh, probably even longer back, if looking back, but, I would, but just knowing the rosters off the top of my head and, it's, it's amazing. Like just even in practice, the energy that, you know, that 13th kid on your bench, when he makes a great play in practice, how the energy in the gym oh. changes. Um, and we had a kid last year. Um, he was probably like a 13th guy. Um, and he was a taller kid and we had a six, five all league player. And if he ever, if, if this player, this is role player, this bench player um, would get, get matched up against our big guy in practice. And he was really sneaky with his arms. Like he could get it. He could block a shot. And every time he would block our big guys um, shot, the starters would go crazy. You know, they would love it. They were like, yeah, let's go. You know? So, um, you know, so like things like that, um, you know, they're, they're, I think there's a role for in high school athletics, as long as the kid is willing to buy the, into that role. I think those roles are, are super huge. And, you know, we've seen it all with the college basketball, the bench mobs and things like that. And the shooting the arrows when you hit when you oh, hit the freeze. There is nothing cooler on television <laughs> than a basketball college bench. It is. I, like, I look forward to it. Oh, oh, it's I so see cool. it in high school sometimes on my bench and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but there uh, is something yeah. about it. It's just yeah. contagious. But you know what, though? When you see the, the 14th and 15th guy, like, on his hands and knees when we need a big stop and they're banging the floor and you know you're like and, and you see that on film and you just sit back and you're like all right this is why we do it you know what i mean it is it, only one team in each division that's going to win the state championship every year you know it's it's got to be it's got to be about more than the wins and losses and, and it's got to be more about more than the championships it's got to be about the personalities and the relationships and when you see that stuff it's you know, it's, it's, it warms your heart, you know? Yeah. And no, I mean, let's face it. No, no coach coming in that gym scouting wants to play that team that yeah. wants to play that team in a close game. When you have guys one through 15 engaged on the bench. I mean, I don't want to play that team in the playoffs. Like the yeah. team, that's a well-coached team that, that cares about each other and plays hard. And you know, that's, that's who you are. And this is why, you know, I love getting you on here. Um, Last thing I'll ask you before we jump into our two minute drill here is just talk about sacrifice a little bit. Um, you are very heavily invested. You have your own kids and I'm sure with that net behind you, there are some nasty <laughs> slam dunks on that and almost yeah. broke a window. So I get it growing up with, you know, two other brothers and how it goes, but you have a busy schedule is what I'm trying to get to. Right. Talk yes. about, you know, the sacrifices that, you know, you make to be able to not only run the high school program, but also running the youth program and how you balance that with family. Yeah, um, obviously you have to have a great wife. Uh, my wife and I, we've been dating since, or we've been together since we were 21 years old. And um, I was a basketball coach when she met me. Um, and she kind of knew that that's what made me tick. And, um, she, you know, any coach who has, has, has a family, they, you know, their wife is what makes, keeps everything together. And, um, you know, we have three beautiful children. I have a sixth grade um, son, a fifth grader. Um, so Kyle's in sixth grade. Regan, my daughter, is in fifth grade. And Ryan, my little man, is in second grade. And I might be the only probably basketball coach in the state of Massachusetts that has three hockey players for kids. Um, <laughs> although my daughter uh, is, uh, is, tells me all the time that she's playing basketball in high school. So, um, you know, I might have one that I, I can bring back from the dark side. Yeah, but you know, I, I have 
three kids. Um, so there is a lot of sacrifice. Um, but I think, you know, just like, um, you know, you ask your players to prioritize and, 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 um, and, and plan ahead and make those things. I, we make it work. My wife, um, for practices during the, during the basketball season for their hockey practices, she's basically a single mother. Um, you know, she's taking the kids to all their hockey practices. Um, I try to, you know, get out of practice early and sneak down to the rink and catch like the last half hour, um, you know, and things like that. But on Saturdays and Sundays, um, you know, Saturdays is a family day. Um, I'm coaching youth basketball on Saturday mornings, um, you know, CYO basketball with my kids. Last year I was coaching the, the girls' fourth grade travel team while coaching high school and, you know, running the boys' travel program. So, um, you know, it, uh, we're, we're a family that the, the kids are always on the go. They're in, they're in different activities. Um, and so it's coming kind of our lifestyle, you know, from the, from the get-go. And, um, you know, it, but it, it all comes back to, uh, to Kim. Um, you know, she, she's the rock of our family. She's the one that, um, that makes sure that everyone's going in the right places, you know, and sometimes when dad's miserable after a bad loss, um, you know, she just kind of like looks at me and just, you know, just walks the other way, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, there are some sacrifices in, 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 you know, any coach will tell you that there are some family things that, that, um, that you, you do sacrifice, but, um, you know, once the season's over, I'm coaching little league, you know, uh, we're down the Cape during the summer and I make sure that, um, we make up for the, for the, for those times missed, but, um, yeah. So, um, but it, 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 it can be tough, but we try to also make it a family thing where kids are going to games. I take the kids to Sunday morning practice when they don't have their hockey games. Um, they're part of my program, my players, treat them like they're their younger siblings um you know um it was funny is that uh i had a former player uh he's playing college football right now giovanni pierre and he was my youngest son ryan's favorite player and that's all ryan would talk about geo 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 so the kids started making fun of geo the kids on the team and started calling him you know the the fourth anto kid <laughs> and uh, so it's funny is every time I see Gio still, I give him a hug and I say, what's up, my son? And I give him a hug. <laughs> the kids used to say, you know, Coach Anto's son, Gio, you know. But um, so, you know, my kids become part of um, these kids' lives. And, you know, I'll get text messages from my former players and say, hey, coach, I saw her on your Instagram. The kids were at a hockey tournament and I can't believe how big they're getting, you know, and things like that. So, so um, cool. So yeah, cool. it's, it's really cool. I, I think um, – any kid, um, kids that get to grow up in, around high school athletics, um, they get a special experience. And my kids probably don't realize it now, but you know, when they're in their thirties, they'll they'll remember some of these moments, and and uh, and, and 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 they'll look back on them fondly. Yeah, I think that's awesome to hear that your kids are so involved in the program. Yeah, and it does start with your wife. I mean, my wife's like everything when I was coaching. And even for this podcast, like she does all my editing. She's like my producer here. So it's, I get it when you, that's the most important thing. And that's what all coaches allude to, you know, it's their, you know, their significant other, their loved one, who's really the rock, you know, and they, they allow you to really, you know, have the time that you need to do the thing you love. So it's awesome. It's great to hear that. So we do a, we do a cool segment at the end. It's called a two minute drill. And I just fire a bunch of rapid fire questions at you pertaining to your sport. I do get a challenge flag to, you know, throw, if I want to get a little bit more of an explanation and vice versa, if I ask you a question that you want to be able to explain your answer. Absolutely. Uh, so you think I'm going to be able to answer these all in two minutes. You saw how long winded I am. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get all it. Right, I'm going to do my sure. best here. All right. 
they'll right, be short. They'll be short. Uh, so we get the timer started, and here we go. So some of these questions I feel like we might have answered in the podcast, but um, winning style, would you prefer to win a game in which your offense explodes or win a tough defensive game in which you shut somebody down? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say defensive style. But it, actually, you know what? I'm going to change that. You know, we win a lot of games in, in rock fights and close games. So, yeah, I would like my offense to go off and, and hit 10 to, 10 to 15 threes in a game. Yeah, we'll go okay. um, Point guard or center, what do you find more valuable in your style? Point guard. Uh, Ed, guard. I've never gotten a center. I don't know when yeah. the day I'll get a center, yeah, but gotta, I can't wait. You've got to change that question. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, point guard. I was a point guard in high school. Um, you know, their extension of the coach. I mean, you've heard all the cliches. Um, you know, you, you need a point guard. You need the floor general. So, yes, point guard. Okay, okay. Team that you hated prepping for the most. You know, we talked about, you know, teams maybe hating the prep for your offense. What team did you just hate to prep for the most? Ah, uh, wow. So, um, that's, a good, that's a great question. I'm going to say uh, Medford High School. Um, uh, there it's a rivalry game, but also um, Medford over the years, especially when coach Faraday was there, um, they knew every single one of our offensive calls. So every single one of our, you know, we had seven offensive sets, their whole bench would yell out, yell out our offensive set. If we, and, and it, funny quick story is my kids thought they really knew every play that the other team in, in one game, we were down at halftime and they said, um, Hey, you know, uh, they know all of our plays. We're going to change up all our plays. I said, they don't know all our plays. They're just yelling out the names, but they were aggravating us uh, enough. And um, so I said, watch first play of the game. We're going to yell out banana. First play of the second half, we're going to yell out banana. And we came out in the second half and I yelled out banana and the whole Medford bench started yelling banana. And so I looked at my players and I was like, see, I told you, but it, um, they just played a style where uh, they taking charges every play and they they did know a lot of our offensive sets and our inbounds plays so it was it was it was always a chess match um uh when they did that okay i like it uh best career win uh the cambridge win that we talked about um yeah i mean it, it just it, we go back to it all the time when we're trying to teach lessons to our kids and uh i forget uh sometimes i think that was 2011 when that that game happened and i'll say to my uh i'll say in front of this year's team or last year's team i'll say oh you know a couple of years ago and my, my assistant coaches rolls his eyes and goes coach you had a full head of hair then you know it's like uh that was almost 10 years ago but you know it just it's it, it shows everything about high school athletics when as a coach when you try to teach your kids you know you lose by 35 you thought you were ready you thought you were even par with this team you you fell flat on your face and you got back in the laboratory five days later you come out and you and you win the game and um i just think that you know it just you can teach a million different lessons to your guys uh just by going back to that week yeah i mean so i had toughest career loss on here i'm gonna guess five days before that was the toughest career loss you ever had oh toughest career loss um yeah i guess so i mean it's probably the most embarrassing one (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. Cause I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. All right. And the last one, I'll give you a chance to explain cause it's a tough question to answer. Who's the best player you've seen come through the program as head coach. Oof. Wow. Best player. Um, seen come through the program as a coach. Hmm. That could be a time as a JV coach too. Yeah. 
Oh no, I we've had. Can I do do more than one? Yeah, player? you could do. You could throw a couple. <laughs> um, so as the head coach, um, the three best players we've had three, and they were all different types of players. We had Fruche, um back. Uh, he played in 2015. He he uh, won his him and his teammates won our first GBL championship under under myself. Uh, then we had Tyler Whitney Sydney, uh, who is going to play at Lehigh next year. Um, he's at Brooks as a prep school student. And then last year, um, we had Marcos, Marcos Montiel, um, and Marcos Montiel, um, just has an incredible, um, life story, um, personal story that, uh, he's overcome so much, um, um, tragedy and, and different things in his life. Um, and I just admire the kids so much and for him, and he's just a winner. He's just, a, just tough, tough as nails. You want to win a big game. Um, and you have one player to pick, or you want to go in a foxhole with, uh, Marcos Montiel is the guy that I would pick, uh, every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, big shot kid, freshman year, um, for us, uh, he, I think he hit three buzzer beaters to, to win as a freshman. Yeah. Um, so he's just, yeah, I, so, yeah, so it'd be out of those three guys, all different types of players. Um, but, uh, yeah, so those are my three guys. Awesome. Coach, you survived the two minute drill. You you are good. And, uh, you know, I really want to thank you for coming on here. I like, you know, just researching you and then talking to you. I mean, you're right about what you're, you're what you do is right about coaching. You know, that, that's what coaching's all about. And you do right by your players. You do right by the city of Somerville. You know, you've kind of worked hard to get to where you're at. I think you're a great story out there. I really do. And I have a, a young audience of young coaches that listen. And, you know, I was really looking forward to this one because I knew what you kind of brought to the table. You know, I didn't know the whole big connections with, you know, Jedi Master McCune, but um, but it, it was awesome to, to have you on here and tell your story. And like I said, there's a lot of people out there on social media that the second I put this out there, it, it blew up. It blew up quick. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of other people that feel the same way about you out there. So I was really glad and, and really lucky to get you on this podcast today. And I appreciate it, Anthony. Um, this is this is really exciting for me. Um, you know, we talked a little bit on our phone call that, you know, high school athletics are big in Massachusetts, but they're not what they are in other places in the country. And what you're doing for uh, for high school coaches in particular to give us a platform to, sh to you know, to share our, our, our stories and promote our programs. And, you know, just, just to get the, the general public excited about um, – high school athletics. I think it's, it's, it's great. And, um, and I wish you all the luck. And, you know, I think that it, it's only been a few months and, and you're killing it already. So um, yeah. I, I appreciate you um, selecting me. I feel honored to be here and, um, and I hopefully uh, we get good reviews on it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know we will. I know we will. It, it's, and I'm going to have to throw, I got a lot of $20 bills to pass out for all those uh, nice Twitter mentions. <laughs> well, you got a lot of $20 bills. Then. There's going to be a lot of $20 <laughs> yeah. bills. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a loan. I think. Yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of I, nice uh, people that were, uh, you know, uh, uh, stretching the truth a little bit about me. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, listen, we only report the facts here. So we only report the facts and, and those are the facts. So, you know, we thank you for coming on here. We appreciate it. And obviously, you know, we're a big fan of you and hope we can get you back on here at some point down the line. And hopefully you guys season kicks off and these kids can get back on the court yeah, and you can get to right. do the things you yeah. love. So, um, you know, from Beyond Podcast, I'm your host, Anthony Petrells, guys. Uh, thanks so much. Until next time.